Gary Harris scores 13 points, shoots 2 of 3 from 3, 5 of 10 from the field, and plays 31 minutes in a Nuggets win over the Timberwolves last night, 128 to 116. Gary Harris is not back, but this is all the Nuggets really need from him at the moment. And the Nuggets are going to stay in second place this season. You can count on that, at least for me, I think. What is up, guys? It is Monday, February 24th. Um, it is a beautiful day in Denver, Colorado. I cannot complain at all. It was a beautiful drive into to downtown Denver. No traffic at all, at least for me. Maybe somebody else got stuck in traffic. I'm sorry if you had to do that. Um, you're listening to the Game 7 podcast. We're back again. I was not on the podcast last Friday. I ended up uh, uh, sleeping in a little bit. Had had the chance to finally catch some z's i had a long week last week so that's why i wasn't on the podcast um so if you if you did listen it was will sattler alongside ben cludier um and then they talked about some cu buffs football some cu buffs basketball i believe they talked about uh mel tucker a little bit talked about kind of the overall feeling of of uh the whole head coach situation um in boulder how, how the students feel and and what exactly happened i believe ben told a story about how um when it happened, like he was outside on campus, something to the effect of like people just stopped where they were, at least the dudes. I don't think the girls really knew what was going on, but the, the dudes pretty much just stopped everything that was going on and, and started talking about it. And, and somebody was booing Mel Tucker, I'm sure. Um, but I believe the, the CU Buffs just hired another another coach. We'll get into that a little bit later. Um, it is February 24th. You're listening to the Game 7 podcast. Whether you're listening on the road to work, on the road home from work, you're listening while you do some homework. Thanks for listening. As always, this is the Game 7 Podcast produced by Met Radio, the student station of MSU Denver. Met Radio plays a small part in Met Media. Met Media is a student-ran media organization that accompanies a newspaper, a television production, a radio production, and a magazine production. And so basically, Met Media does all of this for students on Auraria campus, downtown Denver. Um, you really can't can't uh, replicate this uh, program pretty much anywhere else. It's a top program. What I feel like it's a top program in the uh, um, in the state for sure. I mean, just sitting here in the radio or in the studio, we got all kinds of equipment. We got like six thousand dollars worth of equipment in here. Some brand new microphones. We got a couple laptops here, like professional grade um, studio equipment, and uh, it's really something that you cannot replicate anywhere else. Um, but you can find the, this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud. You can follow us on Twitter at underscore Game7 and Facebook Game7 Podcast. Um, where else can you find this podcast? Really? Oh, you can find it on YouTube. That's right. That's right. We do post full-length videos of this podcast on YouTube. We also kind of cut up some mini clips here and there, post them on social media. Um, we do. I, I've, I've done a little bit of, of social media marketing recently but not too much um really it's i didn't do any social i didn't do any video editing of the last podcast with will and ben but i'll get to it this week get some clips out there um 
produce some social media content. It's a great day. It's a great. It's a great week. Monday, February twenty fourth. Um, like I opened up this podcast, I said that the Nuggets and Gary Harris were going to stay in second place this season. Uh, Gary Harris had a, had a decent night last night. It was at, at least a positive, encouraging performance. Thirty one minutes, thirteen points, two of three from three point land, and five of ten from the field. We're going to get into that. Um, but before I really get into this, I want to talk about today in history. As always, I got a what one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I got eight events that happened on February twenty fourth, going back in history. Um, it's a date dated all the way back to 1874. Let's start this off. Hannes Wagner, American Baseball Hall of Fame shortstop. That name sounds familiar to a lot of you baseball fans. Uh, was born in Chartiersboro, Pennsylvania. Passed away in 1955. But when Hannes Wagner was a baseball player, he was an eight-time NL batting champion. This was long before the um, this was long before the NL and AL merged essentially because before it was just two different leagues you had the national league and the american association actually it was called and uh for a while they, they were just competing with each other with the the american association which is now the american league um being a lot more fun and a lot more like out there they, they did some crazy stuff they danced in between innings they did a lot a lot of that um as compared to the national league which was very serious it was very um straight up baseball it was just like we're out here to play baseball, go home. Like, that's it. That's all we're here to do. Um, Hannes Wagner, eight-time National League batting champion, was born today in 1874, February 24th. In 1917, on this date, the Red Sox smell the, – the, the Red Sox smell. The Red Sox sell Smokey Joe Wood. His arm is dead at the age of 26 to Cleveland for $15,000. This is the time when – when teams would essentially just buy players because they knew that they would um, put butts in seats. They knew that, that that fans would come to see this guy, whether he's playing, sitting on the bench. Like, they, they would market it as if the dude's playing, like, the entire game. But in real, all reality, he's probably just sitting on the bench. Um, it's just they, they want to see these big names in person, and that's what puts butts in seats. So teams would, would buy players from other teams, um, that would put butts in seats. And also, fun little fact for you here is that the Red Sox actually sell money because, or sell players for money because their owner at the time, I forget his name, um, was in a little bit of a of a gambling problem and couldn't afford to pay off some of these bookies. And so, uh, the owner would would sell players to different teams and kind of pocket that money because he owned the team, so you could pocket it at the time and pay off all of these outstanding balances that he owes to. Um, to people and so the same thing happened when um, the Red Sox sold Babe Ruth was it was because they sent he the owner essentially had to make that money up um, and so when Babe Ruth was sold to the Yankees the Yankees actually said okay yeah we'll buy um, we'll buy Babe Ruth off of you and we also want basically to control your team um, for as long as as we're around and so essentially the New York Yankees, if the Boston Red Sox wanted to make any trade, it would have to go through the New York Yankees first, if that makes sense. Like, the Yankees would have to approve the Red Sox, how to run their organization, like anything. They wanted to be able to run the Red Sox organization. So that's a fun little fact for you. That was 1917. Fast forward to 60 years later, we got February 24th, 1977. Floyd Mayweather was born in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Floyd May Mayweather is also an Olympic bronze medalist in 1996. Fun fact for you right there. In 1979, 
NBA player Bill Walton weds Susan Guth at the age of 26. Fast forward a couple years later after that, uh, Joe Montana, he's 28 years old at the time, and he weds the actress and model at the time, Jennifer Wallace. 1987, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar scores his 36,000th NBA point. And then two years after that, a name that should all at least sound somewhat familiar to you guys, we got uh, Costa Kufis, uh, used to be a uh, Nuggets basketball player. He walked so Nikola Jokic could run. Um, Nicole, Costa Kufis was born in this date, 1989. And then fast forward to almost present day, at least not necessarily the present day, but um, a lot closer than 1874. In 2002, Joe Sakic and Jerome Ignilia each score twice as Canada defeats the United States 5-2 to two to win the men's ice hockey Olympic gold medal at Salt Lake City. That was February 24th, 2002. But what happened February 23rd, 2020? All right, so we got the Denver Nuggets beat the um, Minnesota Timberwolves 128-116. to They kind of spoil the reunion, or at least the the welcome back party for Jared Vanderbilt, Wancho Hernan Gomez, and Malik Beasley. Um, before I get into all this, I want to shout out. It was, I believe it was called, um, or her, her Twitter at, or her Twitter handle was at Serbian Hooker. She was the number one Wancho Stan account. Um, yesterday, she had tweeted Wancho Hernan Gomez and asked if she could do like a jersey swap with Wancho. Um, she was his biggest fan and, and whatnot, and and after the game, Wancho spots her in the crowd, sees her in a uh, in her España, because uh, Wancho's from Spain, or, Sp- or he's Spanish, and uh, sees her in, a, in an España, uh, Wancho Hernan Gomez jersey. She go- he goes to her, gives him or gives her his um, lime green Minnesota Timberwolves jersey, game worn, and uh, really made her day. So shout out to that. That was really special. Wancho Hernan Gomez is a stand up guy. Um, Always has been, always will be. He's a he's a guy that really loves the fans, and, and I think that's evident every, of everything that he did. Really loved playing for Denver. Um, so shout out to Wancho. Thanks for doing that. Um, definitely a guy that loved the Mile High City. It's sad to see him um, a part of a different organization. But with that being said, if he's with the the Timberwolves, I'm about 99% positive they're going to extend him and Beasley, and we're going to see him back in the Mile High City a couple more times. Uh, this year, next year, and hopefully moving forward beyond that the rest of his career. Be excited to see where where Wancho and Malik Beasley really end up. But as for last night, the Denver Nuggets moved to the, um, or they remain the team with the best record in division in the Western Conference. The Nuggets are 10-1 and against teams in, in, in their conference. We still have five games left against teams um in our conference so hopefully we can hold on to that um i know in the eastern conference is the milwaukee bucks who i believe are like 12 and 1 or something like that against their division but oh excuse me kind of was choking there don't really know what was going on got got a little cotton mouth here but uh yeah nuggets have the the best record for in division in the western conference um the Timberwolves, this is a game that the Timberwolves really wanted to play. You know, Carl Anthony Towns was out. D'Angelo Russell was out. So this really gave the opportunity for Malik Beasley, Wancho Hernan Gomez, and, uh, and company to really go off and, and say, hey, guys, I'm back in Denver, and I'm going to go off, and I'm going to drop 30, 40 points on you guys. And I, that's honestly what I was expecting. 
because I thought that Gary Harris would go up against Hernan Gomez and Be- and Beasley and and they would just torch him with the with the kind of year that Gary Harris is having. Like I just expected us to be absolutely torched last night, but it didn't happen. It didn't happen. Um. The Timberwolves got into town on Saturday, actually, knowing that they didn't play until Sunday. Um, they got into town on Saturday. They went and practiced at Denver West High School, um, and, and that's where media found out that they were practicing there. They went um, to go watch practice. Malik Beasley was in just a horrible mood, didn't really want to talk to the press, really gave like no sound bites, nothing like that at all. Um, Wancho and his little media presser, um, talked about Denver and the Mile High City and basically everything that it meant to him. And, and he was very stand-up about it. He, he loved Denver. Uh, he talked to her about, what, they said two minutes, two and a half minutes, just unprompted. And he just went on about how Denver's always going to be his home. And, and he really did love his time here. He's appreciative of, of the Nuggets organization. Um, but Wancho was, again, he was a stand-up dude. Everything about a class act. Um, Malik Beasley didn't really want to talk. Understandable, you know, kind of in a pissed-off mood. Um, but it is what it is. Beasley actually got to the stadium early yesterday and, and have basically like two full practices before the game even started against the Nuggets. <sighs> Excuse me. Uh, had he, he was drenched in sweat after that first warm up and then drenched in sweat after his second warm up, and then played a game against the Nuggets. And maybe that's why he got shut down a little bit by Gary Harris. Um, but either way, the Timberwolves got here. They were well rested. And the Nuggets still found a way to pull this one out. They, there, there wasn't a lot of defense in this game, essentially, because it was, it, it really was just a sloppy kind of game for the Nuggets. And it has been, especially the, going back to the game against the Thunder um, over the weekend. It's just been a sloppy kind of return since the All-Star break. The benches looked rough, almost as if they're, they, they got a little too comfortable over, over the All-Star break. Really, that's what it looked like. Um, Paul Millsap had a great game last night. Twenty-five points, seven boards, nine of eleven shooting. That was a you just love to see that from Paul Millsap because I know I've been a, I've been a, a pretty big critic of Paul Millsap and I've said you know maybe he's not necessarily worth the thirty million that we're paying him this year, being the highest paid player on the Nuggets and not really doing much other than being a uh, a locker room guy. Um, and so for for. Paul Millsap to recognize that the team needs a little pick-me-up and gets up for 25.7 boards on 9, 11, 9 of 11 shooting. That's, that was great for, for, for Paul Millsap and great for the, this Denver Nuggets team. Um, I said earlier, this is a turning point for Gary Harris. You know, it, it's Am I still concerned about um, his overall play? Yeah, it's I am concerned. It's It really is a small sample size. You know, he has to do this more than one game. Um, but it was encouraging. I mean, did you see did you see did you see Monte Morris shoot that three? Or Monte Morris dads him up after Gary Harris shoots that three. He didn't even look Monte Morris didn't even look at the, the ball going into the rim. He just knew that it was buckets as soon as he passed to Gary Harris. He he was like, Hey, my shooter's gonna shoot this shot, he's gonna make it, it's all buckets, we're gonna get back and get it back on defense. And Monte Morris knew that. And dabbed up Gary Harris. That's a confidence builder. That's that's saying, as a teammate, that's saying, hey, Gary, I trust you. I know you're about to make the shot. I made a beautiful between-the-legs pass to you. 
had a had a nice driving kick right here, and, and you're gonna get buckets, all right. And that's that. That really means a lot more to Gary Harris than I think anybody really recognized because that's that's trust in your teammate. That is, that is saying, like I said, it's saying, I don't even need to watch this ball go in, but I'm gonna dab you up right here anyways. You know. But in other times in the in the game, I mean, Gary Harris, it's almost as if he. He catches the ball and it's and it's like surprising to him. He catches him off guard. Like he needs to have this kind of confidence in him every single time that he catches the ball. Every single time that he picks up it picks up the ball. You know? Where's the Gary Harris that, that hit that game winning shot against um against the, the Thunder or or, or um, against the Warriors? Like where where's that Gary Harris? The one that that pulls up for three on a, on an inbounds pass and 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 pulls up, shoots, the crowd goes wild, stands up. You know, where, where is that Gary Harris at? That's the one that we need to see. Well, I, I guess essentially we don't really need to see him because there, there's guys that can score 20 points in a game, and you, you don't really need to expect that from Gary Harris anymore. Um, you know, he's not a guy that you could ask for 20 points every single night. You know, he's not a guy that you can ask for 20 points and, and expect him to to, to be – some kind of offensive um, bull horse and, and, and carry the weight of this 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 team. You don't we don't necessarily need that anymore. He he's a he's a guy that you could really ask for ten points, two of three from three, and uh, a couple free throws, and 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 you can get that from him and play some solid defense, shut down their best player. You know that's really what you need from Gary Harris. Because looking at this roster, you've got tons of guys that can score twenty plus points. I mean, you got Jokic, Murray, Barton, Millsap. Uh, if Porter Jr., Michael Porter Jr. can get more min- minutes, he'll be dropping more than 20 points a game, you know? Last night, the Nuggets had six guys that scored 12 or more points. That is a tough team to play against in in the playoffs, essentially. Because how exactly do you guard six different guys that have the ability to go off for more than 12 points? Do you pick and choose? Do you say, hey, okay, we'll let Nikola Jokic go off, get his buckets. We'll let Nikola Jokic get a triple-double on us, but we're going to shut down everybody else. But that's not really going to work because if Paul – or if excuse me, if, if Jokic is getting a triple-double, that means he's getting probably anywhere between 10 and 12, 13 assists. So somebody's got to be scoring those points, you know? It's, it's going to be a tough team to defend against come playoff time, come April, come May. It really is going to be tough. And especially if Michael Porter Jr. can get some more minutes. Michael Malone said last night after the game, he said that he needs to find a way to get Michael Porter Jr. Um, going. And the first way to get Michael Porter Jr. going is to give him minutes. Just like that's what it starts off. You know, we got uh, Will Barton plays 25 minutes a game and shoots like 25%. But we're still going to let Michael Porter Jr. play 10 minutes. Eight minutes, seven minutes, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Michael Porter Jr., I get like you want to take your time and ease him into the NBA, but we are long past that, I think. It is February. It's almost, we're a week away from March, and we're talking about one of the greatest young players in, in, in Nuggets history, and or he's got the highest ceiling, I think, for a Nuggets player. Carmelo Anthony was really good. 
and he had a high ceiling of getting us to the Western Conference Finals. But we also knew that Carmelo Anthony could not do it on his own. When he was in Denver, he was young and kind of immature and um, selfish a little bit, if that's what you want to call it. And at some point, I think we knew that his ceiling might have been that Western Conference Finals. For Michael Porter Jr., this ceiling is an NBA championship and, and, and a potential MVP front front runner for the rest of his career. That's what we're expecting if he's healthy and we're giving him minutes, Michael Malone. That's really what we should be expecting. These Michael Mike, Michael Porter Jr. is not a garbage minutes player. He's not a guy that you come in and, and play for, for the last three, four minutes of the game when we're up 14, 15, 16 points. Michael Porter Jr. is a dude that should be in the game when we're when we're down two, down three, or up four, up five. He's not a guy that deserves these garbage minutes time to get going in in, in, in the end of the game when we're up 14, 15, 16 points. That's not the type of, of player that Michael Porter Jr. is, is going to be, or or should be. He's not in that role. He he is in the role of a potential superstar. At least that's just me. And if you have a different opinion, by all means, I mean, let me know. You can email me, game7showgmail.com. If you don't think Michael Porter Jr. is going to be an all-star or a, a potential MVP for the rest of his career, I mean, essentially, I, I look at Michael Porter Jr. and I and I think he's he's a he's a poor man's Kevin Durant, and that's a girl. I'll take that. I would one hundred percent take a poor man's Kevin Durant because I think I think at the end of the day, Michael Porter Jr. might not be able to shoot as well as Kevin Durant. Might not have the type of range that Kevin Durant has, but as far as 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 Overall, just being lengthy and the ability to drive, the ability to pass, the ability to play some lockdown defense, grab some rebounds, get out in transition, look ahead, make some flashy flashy dunks. Michael Porter Jr. is a poor man's Kevin Durant. That's what I believe. And again, if you don't if you don't agree, by all means, if you, if you think Michael Porter Jr. is really not that good, psh, email me game7showgmail.com. I want to hear what you think. Because I think Michael Porter Jr.'s ceiling is going to be an NBA NBA Finals NBA Finals MVP. That's what he should be. That's what he's shooting for. He's a poor man's Kevin Durant, but in a couple of years, he might be the Kevin Durant. As soon as he improves his long-range shooting. As soon as he improves his ability to pass the ball. As soon as he improves a little bit of his defense. But he's a rookie. What exactly are you expecting this year? You know. Either way, it just, just just to sum it up again, Will Barton, he's playing 25 minutes a game, and and shoots 25 percent, but Michael Porter Jr. is going to get 10 minutes a game. It just blows my mind. Looking ahead to to the rest of this week for the Nuggets, they got the Pistons visiting the Mile High City on Tuesday, travel to the Clippers on Friday, and then they host the Raptors on Sunday. These are three games that are very Really, really important. Um, this Pistons one is going to be huge because I wouldn't expect the Nuggets to really... Um, I, I don't expect them to go and win by 20, 30 points against a bad Pistons team. But this is a team that you really need to shut out early. You need to get going early. This is a team that you need to... Just like you did yesterday against the Timberwolves, this is a team that you need to score 40 on in the first quarter. All right, This is a team that you really need to score 40 on. 
what kind of well, what big man do they have? I mean, Nikola Jokic is going to go off because who who do they got to guard Nikola Jokic? The Pistons just traded Andre Drummond. You know, it's a team. I believe we lost to Detroit earlier in the year. Maybe somebody can correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe we lost to Detroit earlier in the year um, in Detroit. Nikola Jokic is going to have a great game on Tuesday. We travel to the Clippers on Friday. This game is honestly probably the biggest. This Raptors game is huge on Sunday, but this the Clippers game is the biggest game this week because this is a playoff matchup. This is a team that you're going to see in the second round of the playoffs. As long as you're a 2-3 seed and you get them in the second round, this is a team that we're going to have to travel to and play against in a, in a seven-game series. And like I said earlier, if you have six guys scoring 12 or more points, it's going to be really tough to defend. Kawhi Leonard can't guard everybody. All right, Paul George is struggling. Paul George is essentially shooting. I saw a tweet the other day. He's shooting like 30%, playing like 12, 14 minutes, scoring like 12, 13 points, really not playing all too well. But if the Nuggets can find a way to shut down Kawhi Leonard and, and company in L.A., a team that is doesn't have a lot of confidence right now anyways, coming off a couple big losses. It's a team that you could you could mentally get into the Clippers' head and say that you're you are the dominant team. I also saw a tweet the other day that said the Nuggets aren't a a dominant team, that we're just like a a, a team that's is somehow in second place. No. Get out of here with that. This is a Nuggets team that's contending for an NBA finals. I saw some somebody said that uh, the Nuggets don't have a closer. The Nuggets don't have any talent. The Nuggets don't have an all-star. Excuse me, do you not see Nikola Jokic? He's our closer. He's our all-star. Back-to-back all-star appearances. Number one center in the league, baby. Write it down. Take some notes. Because if you don't take notes right now, you'll be taking notes in the playoffs when we're beating your team. Nuggets got the Raptors on Sunday. They host... Pepsi Center is going to be packed. I hope it's packed. If you don't have tickets to that game, you need to get tickets right now. Everybody needs to go to this Nuggets-Raptors game. This is a Raptors team that was highly doubted after Kawhi Leonard left. It's a team that everybody would just kind of expected. Like, oh, it was Kawhi Leonard that really just carried the load of that franchise, and and he did it all. But no, this is a, a, a Raptors team. I believe they just scored the most points in franchise history. Um, was it last night or Saturday night? And they, they don't have Kawhi Leonard. And so for them to be able to say, hey, yeah, Kawhi Leonard left us, but we're still the same team. We're still going to win. Second place in in the uh, East right now behind the Bucks. All right? This is not a sleeper team. It's it's a, it's an important game, but it the Clippers game has more um, emotion to it, essentially just because it's, it could be a potential playoff matchup. It's going to be a huge game on Sunday, though. Pepsi Center is going to be packed. To see the Raptors and the Nuggets play. I'm excited to see it. My bold take. For. This next week for the Nuggets. I think Nikola Jokic is going to shoot 65%. Over the next three games. Because who's guarding. Nikola Jokic over these three games. Who's guarding him. I mean. Nikola Jokic is going to take all these guys. All of these guys to town. He's going to take their lunch money. And go to town. I think Nikola Jokic has a triple-double in at least one of these games. 
He, Nikola Jokic is going to go off for a triple-double this week. He's got three games. He's got a, a bag of, of barbecue potato chips guarding him. You know? Nikola Jokic is going to go off this, this week against the, the Pistons, Clippers, and Raptors. One of these games has to be on national television, I feel. At least one of these games. I, I would honestly say that I think the Clippers game might be on national television. I hope it is. If it's a playoff matchup, it should be on national television. That's just what I think. Nikola Jokic is going to shoot 65% over the next three games. That's what I think. He's going to go off. It's going to be a great week for Nuggets basketball. We're going to get hot at the right time right now. Another news, uh, just real quick. Did you see Bradley Bill dropped 53 points in a loss yesterday? Is he a fit for Denver? I would say if the price is right, you know, I've kind of gone back and forth about about having Bradley Bill because at the beginning of the year and and over the offseason, I kind of was like, eh, the Nuggets don't need Bradley Bill. We got Gary Harris who can score 20 points a game and play some lockdown defense. No, he's not that kind of guy this year. He's struggling. He's in a slump. But if the price is right for Bradley Bill and you don't have to part ways with Jamal Murray, Porter Jr., uh, or Nikola Jokic, and you can get Bradley Bill, if you could trade... Monte Morris, Gary Harris for Bradley Bill straight up, I would do it. But that's about as far as I would go for Bradley Bill. I wouldn't really go much further for for the price of Bradley Bill. Would he be a good fit in Denver? He probably would. Is he a guy that would you expect him to play a little bit more minutes? Yeah. A lot more minutes than, than Gary Harris. But it provides Torrey Craig, again, another guy that could play defense in this Nuggets rotation. So if all you got to give up is Gary Harrison and Monte Morris for uh, a Bradley Beal, I mean, do it. But that was a, I think that's about all I want to talk about on today's podcast. Um, some upcoming podcasts that we have. We have Friday. Will and I are, are, are going to be back in the studio recording another podcast here. Uh, let us know what you really want to hear. Do you want us? Maybe we'll talk about the the Nuggets game on Tuesday. We'll we'll preview the Nuggets Clippers game a little bit more in depth. Um, Will and I haven't really talked too much about the Astros cheating. I know I heard that the Red Sox are supposed to have some sort of um, a penalty coming down today on them. So hopefully that'll be really exciting to hear. I saw that uh, um, it's expected that that the commissioner of Major League Baseball, Rob Manfred, is going to receive a lot of kickback for this kind of punishment also. So I'm really anxious to see exactly what it is that he's imposing on the, on the Red Sox and any other team that may be cheating. Um... As always, you can follow us on social media. You can follow us on Twitter, at underscore Game7. You can follow us on Facebook, Game7 Podcast. And YouTube is where we post the full-length video clips of this podcast. You can find that, Game7 Show, on YouTube. And as always, I want to remind you not to forget about the dogs. Go to the shelter first if you're thinking about adopting. If you're thinking about rescuing, go to the shelter first. That's where I want you to get your pets at. Thanks, guys. We'll see you on Friday. Let's make it a great week, baby.